so uh there was this band, local Long Beach punk band, hardcore band, named Wacko. Wacko. Wacko, yeah. They play this uh show in Denny's at a Denny's in Santa Ana. Oh shit. Dude, right there in the dining room. I'm not even lying. There was like over 200 people there easily. Easily. So uh, uh, it's obvious that it, it was one of the employees. You said you heard it was a 17-year-old kid, right? Yeah. Uh, did it say he was an employee? No, I didn't I didn't see that. I'm pretty sure it had to be an employee. Someone that would just, uh, just do I mean, unless someone just said we're going to play the Denny's, they just walked in, plugged in. Either way, it wouldn't surprise me. A 17-year-old kid, yeah, he's not going to – who cares if he loses his fucking job at Denny's? He's got his whole life ahead of him. And if he just decided to do it there at the Denny's and everyone just showed up, that's awesome. But they had a huge, huge – you've seen the video. I've seen the video. There was a huge, huge showing. There was people outside. There was easily 100 or so people inside. And then they let a bunch of other people in, and the place just went crazy. crazy. So now Denny's is saying they owe over $1,000 – in damages because the kids were moshing. You can see in the video the lamps hanging yeah. from the ceiling, swinging everywhere. Uh, they're all over the tables, standing on the tables, all over the booths. Moshing hard. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying though, like a hundred bucks for like what I seen. I mean, a thousand over a thousand bucks for what I seen. I mean, I, I thought there would be more damage. I thought there would be more damage, but I mean, really, how much could you screw up at Denny's? How much does a light yeah, cost? Yeah. How much is a, a table? You know, those cheap wooden tables they have that you sit at. And I mean, I doubt the booths were really damaged since they're like leather seating. So, I mean, unless someone like slashed them open with knives, which I doubt, but you never know. Maybe they did. Uh, there could be some damage there, but I mean, maybe the carpet. I, I don't know. I mean, they're going to come up with reasons why, but it, it was awesome. It was it, it, it was awesome, like I said, Wacko W A C K O from Long Beach, California, uh, hardcore band, very D Y I underground. Uh, they have a lot of big shows. They play warehouses, you know, throughout here uh, close by Long Beach, and they get big turnouts. They get a lot of kids that are really into it, really mosh and really really getting into this. Uh, this hardcore scene of theirs. And they had a good turnout. Like I said, the windows were fogging because there were so many people inside of the Denny's. And yeah, even it, the cameraman. Yeah, yeah, the cameraman kept having to wipe his lens down. And so uh, th this definitely reminded me of like, something old school, right? Like, Very, yeah. I mean, all the old punk bands that we listened to and all the stories that we heard of them, you know, playing their shows. And it was just kind of like that, like D, uh, uh, DIY just low play, uh, you know, vacant warehouses, uh, vacant uh, halls, uh, a lot of good turnouts, a lot of good stories that were told and that, and that are known. So this this reminds me of something that these kids are going to go on and talk about forever. And, and it takes me back. I mean, not just to like, I mean, the early 90s. I'm talking about to like stuff that used to happen in the 80s. Yeah, that's what, yeah. That, yeah. You know, like the Vandals and old stuff reminds me like, uh, you know, bands like Circle One. Yeah, you know, old school punk, just hardcore stuff, uh, stuff you know that's you know albums and vinyls that are still being purchased today and songs that are still being listening to. It reminded me of that. I mean, it couldn't got any any more hardcore than that. I mean, what do you think? 
Oh, yeah, for sure, man. That shit was hardcore. Uh, very, very old school, I think, in my opinion. Um, they, they were going. I mean, it was just like small, small. It's a Denny's. I mean, you know how small those are or how big some of them are. So it's, I mean, it was pretty rocking, dude. I, I liked it. I did, too. I thought it was cool. Like I said, it, it reminded me of the old school stuff. Uh, uh, Circle One reminds me of John Macias, their lead singer, who was just absolutely nuts. Uh, w- was a big uh, a standout guy in the hardcore punk scene that took place in the uh, early 80s, you know, up to the, you know, kind of eight ladies in, in Hollywood. Uh, Circle One's a band from, uh, well, I know John Macias, the lead guy. Mm-hmm. Was from Pico Rivera, California, which is about fifteen miles north of Long Beach, where we're at. Basically, down Lakewood Boulevard, which eventually turns into Rosemead Boulevard, and and that's where literally where Pico Rivera is, just right after the five freeway, just just north of the five freeway. Anyways, uh, yeah, uh, John Macias, big guy, lead singer of Circle One, went to Al Rancho High School. Uh, was part of this band. I don't know if the rest of the guys were, were, were from Pico Rivera. I assume that they, they were or surrounding areas. Uh, but this guy was definitely a, a figure that was known. I heard uh, Henry Rollins tell a story about him. Um, he died young. He died at 29 years old. But he, he was he was a big guy in the scene. Uh, there's a lot of stories about There's violent stories about him. But there's more uh, stories from people that actually knew John. That's how, how cool of a guy he was. Uh, he took a lot of guys under his wing, a lot of guys that come from broken homes and, you know, a lot of outcasts kind of kids uh, John took under his wing, eventually starting his own kind of uh, following group for his band circle, one called The Family, mm-hmm. that some people kind of refer to as a gang. But they, they didn't go out looking for trouble. I think these guys were more of like a hardcore group of uh, guys that, that, that showed up. You know, the concerts and, and, you know, just, just. We're badass. Yeah, we're badass in the mosh pit, you know, yeah. did what they had to do. I mean, what's your take on that? Well, I mean. Because uh, I, mean, I know, I know you know, know John. I know John. I know John, you know, and what I've seen and what I've heard about the family and stuff. And my take on on that is just, you know, then <clears throat> like he took them in and, you know, they're the family. They call it, you know, they call them a gang and say. It was like a gang too, but I also think because of the scene. Uh, you know, then, you know, uh, a lot of uh, communities were still kind of isolated. You kind of had, a, you know, yeah. a lot of still white suburbs in L.A., which are you know, like parts of like, like you know, Downey, uh, Bellflower. We grew up, we're still majority white at that time, which now is, you know, changed by far. But, you know, there was kind of, you know, they were being from Pico Rivera. They're a majority Hispanic gang. So I think kind of uh, that, that might have went against how people looked at them and people judged them, too. Right. Oh yeah, definitely. So because, John, yeah, yeah, because yeah, I mean, you know, he's he's got, you know, he brings all these kids together, you know, people that, you know, cause them a family. So of course, you know, one you fuck with one person in your family, you know, you're gonna fuck with all of them. So I mean, that's probably why they call them a gang. And if, you know, I that's my take on it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And there's just uh, all kinds of gnarly stories of John stepping up to bullies. Uh, like Henry Rollins said, uh, John would be at a concert and they would see uh, security guards that was a big, like, jock football player guys and like beat the shit out of like small punk kids. And John was John was a big guy, he's like 6'2, 6'3, 
over 200 pounds easily. Uh, just like, I mean, not just big. You know how you just get like a guy who's big? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are just big. But, I mean, you see a lot of big people, and you don't feel uh, physically threatened by them almost, kind of, right? I should say. Yeah, yeah. But John was like. Big and mean. No, not just mean. I mean, mean's part yeah, of just yeah. the, 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 the mental part of it. But, like, physical. Yeah. Like, physically, uh, 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 a physical threatening appearance. Not just tall, being above six yeah. foot, but muscular. Like, bicep showing. Yeah. Forearm showing, big fist, big neck, big shoulders, like muscle built, almost like yeah. a bodybuilder. I mean, like a bodybuilder, yeah. just big. And I mean, when you say guys are shredded, they're kind of like more like skinny. Someone's cut. I mean, John was big and cut. His biceps were defined, his shoulders, his chest, and he was just uh, you know he the guy looked like just a physical specimen. And, uh, yeah, and the rumor was that he would protect a lot of these smaller, younger kids from bullies in the punk scene, bouncers in the punk scene. Like Henry Rollins said, he was just big enough and crazy enough and would just smash on dudes. There's even a story. It was uh, outside of a, a club somewhere where a show was happening somewhere in Hollywood, and a, and a, police, uh, a policeman started to beat, beat up on a smaller punk kid with his baton. Oh, yeah, John John that. took the baton from the cop and started to beat the cop with it. Yeah, that's punk. Yeah, and I mean, just I mean, I don't know what 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 you know what kind of circumstances he faced if he faced any because I mean back then especially back then you could have a scuffle with a cop and if you got the better of him and like you were able to get away without him being able to arrest you or detain you to identify you they weren't gonna fucking find you there wasn't like a, a fucking surveillance camera on every street light or every liquor store corner like there is now or on the cops you know, or on the cops yeah. yeah or you know on their dash cam if it, you know I'm, there might have been i don't think so i don't even think it was on, in their cars yet but even if it was and it didn't happen near their car how, how is it you know what i mean how are they going to film you yeah how, how are they going to prove that you whooped their ass who, who you would you want to be a cop say hey this guy whooped my ass absolutely not <laughs> but uh i mean that, that that's a story but uh John would end up uh, being this great guy. Like I said, he formed the Bound Circle One. They formed in 1980. He went to El Rancho High School, which is in Pico Rivera, and he was a big influence for a lot of people around him. He was, you know, like we just said, he started the family. His songs were about racism, you know, anger that he felt inside. Uh, a lot of songs about policemen. John wasn't a big fan of policemen because of how they treated people, especially being a punk rocker in the early 80s. I mean, you were a target. You just all you had to do is be walking down the street with a mohawk. Yeah. Not like today. You walk down the street with a mohawk, people are still gonna look at you because you have a fucking mohawk, which I think is awesome. I'm yeah. if I look at you, I'm just admiring how your mohawk looks. Thank you have you. different colors on it and stuff. Yeah, if I walk by you, I tell you it looks cool. Uh, but you get a lot of people that are gonna look at you and probably think the wrong things, uh, assume that you're weird. But anyways. You could walk down the street and just get looks now, and that's all you're probably gonna get. At this back back in this time, if you walk down the fucking street with a blue mohawk, you get your ass kicked. You people, yes, jocks, construction workers, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, people just driving down would just want to kick your ass just for being out of place. But cops would pull over and fuck with you. Oh yeah, kind of almost like how like you know minorities, like you know 
blacks and like you know ghetto neighborhoods across America just get harassed for walking down the street. That would happen to punkers, you know, back yeah. in, back in the day. And it was because, like everything else, they were different. Exactly. I mean, being different scares people, and so you know. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of their songs are about you know about police racism, you know, positive messages. I wouldn't say the family uh, was a gang, but they were definitely a group, and they were definitely followers of Circle One. You know that rolled you know through every Circle One show. So yeah, it seemed like they're uh, an opposing threat. There, there is that one story about you know supposedly, and I mean who knows if these guys were at part of actually the family, but according to Fat Mike of No Effects and Eric Melvin of No Effects, that back in their day they went to a Circle One and Vandal concert that was like in Compton or no in South Central. And Fat Mike says that John Macias had took a liking into him and for some reason, because of that, had asked him and Eric Melvin, who were 16 years old at the time, to watch the vehicles in the parking lot that were parked by the people attending the show because of where it was uh, to make sure that no one would break into the vehicles. And while doing that, they witnessed two guys they said we're from the family because they said the family, when they went to concerts, these guys would wear camouflage paint on their faces. And these two guys had camouflage paint on their faces and had a girl over their shoulder. One of them did, but two guys walked her down to a basement. And as they were walking to this basement that was below where the show was happening, they passed by Eric Melvin and Fat Mike and told them that they did not see a fucking thing and to keep their mouth shut as they took this girl down the basement. And during which time, the girl grabbed onto Eric Melvin's shoulder, like clinging with her hand and asked, or looked right into his face, into his eyes, and asked, please help me. But they were fucking, they shit themselves when this guy threatened them not to say shit, to keep their fucking mouth shut as they walked this girl down to the basement. So they just went into the show and watched the Vandals play. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I mean, this was the kind of scene that was happening. So, with me saying that that show by Wacko reminded me of the scene, it did because they played in a Denny's, but I think if it was the people part of the scene back in the 80s, I think they would have burned the fucking Denny's down. Oh, yeah, the Denny's would have been gone. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. Be, they would have had breakfast afterwards. So, <laughs> right? I mean, right? Yeah, they would have they would have broken to the kitchen. Yeah, it would have been it would have yeah. been way crazier. I mean, yeah, yeah punk yeah. rock. That scene back then was definitely more violent, uh, got more physical than it does today. And I, I'm not saying about anything about today. I mean, the kids still mosh and it's fine because I don't think that you should go to a, a, a punk show if that's what the kind of music you enjoy and you want to have mosh pit and have a good time. And she'd be worrying. Uh, worrying about your life like you would have to back in the day because people get stabbed concussed and it was a much more dangerous scene back then than it is now but that i mean kudos to this these kids i mean in these group i'm happy to see them invaded denny's and do this show but i mean back to john macias i mean he's a guy we got to remember we always got to remember about him uh it was his mental illness though that he was so come from he suffered from schizophrenia and uh, he wasn't able to afford the proper medication that he needed uh, to be prescribed to, uh, you know, live with this uh, disease. So it was one day in uh, Santa Monica in 1991, May 30th. And uh, he was in a restaurant and he freaked out 
the restaurant owner called the cops. The cops escorted him outside because he was just saying things to the ceiling of the restaurant about God and whatnot. So cops escorted him outside. Uh, he said things to them. He eventually walked to Santa Monica Pier through a security guard over the pier who landed about 25, 30 feet to the ground, broke bones in his body, punched a lady in the face that was visiting from Germany that was in the McDonald's, and then was trying to break into random cars before police showed up. He attacked one of the cops. Supposedly, he was covering his, one of his arms with a jacket or a sweater, so the cops assumed he had a weapon and shot him four times, two times in the throat and two times in the chest. John died at a nearby hospital. He was 29 years old, and uh, that's how he went down in history. But uh, I think they need to make a documentary about social uh, a Circle One and, and their band and about John and just be, get behind the truth. I've, I've actually communicated with John's sister, Kathleen Macias, his sister-in-law, online on YouTube. And, uh, you know, she was willing to tell me whatever I wanted. So, I mean, there's people that could be contacted that know more about John. Uh, Circle One's music will live forever. And, uh, you know, like, you know, John Macias, man, rest in peace. You know, died at 29. He would still be alive today. Uh, a pioneer, a, a, a symbol of punk rock, of true punk rock. And had to talk about him. Yeah, and we had to talk about him after seeing these kids, uh, Long Beach locals, which we love, hardcore punk rock. You know, doing their thing at Denny's and punk rock lives, man. People say it's dead and they're saying punk rock. I always thought, and I still think is due because I'm a fucking asshole and I'm a punker. When people say punk rock's not dead, fucking dead as fuck. But you know what? It's really not. 